0: Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with Jean Burke, and today, uh, this is another episode of collegeprepgenius.com. Uh, you can find the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. And uh, today, uh, with me on the line is Jean Burke, and we are going to be talking about visiting a college and having a checklist. This is episode 54. And I wanted to invite you to go to Jean's website at collegeprepgenius.com and sign up for her easing. Uh, there is a free report there uh, that you get when you sign up. It's Goodbye Student Loans and Hello Free College. And you get an additional five bonus um, emails after that with more reports and information. Uh, so that's wonderful. Well, welcome, Jean. And we're going to delve right in uh, with this episode, and we're talking about. Um, right now, the very beginning is creating a college checklist.
2: Thank you for having me. Yes, you know college is a huge commitment. I mean, it's a it's a four year commitment, and it's uh, something that you don't want to take take blindly. Uh, you know, school may look perfect on your webs on their website. Uh, keep that in mind that it doesn't always mean that it's going to feel right for that particular person. So, deciding to go to school may be right or wrong for you just by being there, just being in the atmosphere, just being on, the, on campus. And so it, it, certainly it's not possible to visit every school, uh, but you want to try to visit at least your top two schools. And, you know, colleges and universities, they, they understand this is important, and they know that they want to, you know, call in prospective students to their campus. So they do have certain programs throughout the year, but they also host very special previews preview days so that students can get to know the school better. So even if you can't make it to the special preview days, you know, don't let that be the reason why not to visit the college. Don't skip that. Your admissions counselor will be happy to set up a day for you to go to the school and tour it. And, you know, there are even some colleges that will even pay travel expenses for out-of-town guests. So talk to the admissions department. This, this happened to us. My daughter was invited to go to the King's College uh, in New York um, they'd given her a full ride, and they wined and dined her. They, they, they paid for her airfare, her weekend there. Uh, she loved the idea that it, the school was in the Empire State Building. Uh, but she didn't necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. That was cool. Uh, but the college for her wasn't, wasn't the right fit. And, you know, here it is all these years later, and she's ultimately now moving to New York. So she's still going to get to live there. She may not have done it in college, but it's still her dream uh, to live there. So I do want to talk about um, the the checklist. Uh, You know, visiting the campus always allows you to get that sense of a school's ambiance. So, you know, ask yourself some questions, too. While you're there, you know, do I feel safe walking around campus? You know, can can I really live in a dorm like this? And these are types of people that I actually could be friends with. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. But when you're looking, uh, at at a checklist, I think I've got, I've got 17 things to think about. Uh, let's start off with number one. Check the school's website to see if there are any specific college visit dates. And the good and the bad about that is that you, uh, will have people and students from all over coming. Which, which can be great because you can kind of get an idea of uh, those other, other students who are applying. But also the flip side of that does, does make it a lot more crowded and not as personal. So there's some kind of pros and cons. Number two, uh, contact the admissions counselor to schedule a, a visit, personal visit, if you can't make it uh, to one of the other ones or you don't want to go to one of the big events that they're having. Number three, try to go on a weekday that gives you a feel for the campus. You know, the weekends the kids are scattered, they're gone, maybe they went home or they're working or something. So being able to actually go during the weekend, I know this is probably more flexible for homeschoolers as opposed mm-hmm. to other students. But, you know, and then again, there are some, you know, high public schools that let their kids be, get excused to go visit. So that's another option as well. Number four, um, ask if you can schedule any mandatory invitation interviews while you're there visiting. You know, you don't necessarily want to make the expense of coming back again. If you're already there, you're already considering that school, um, then go ahead and set up an interview with, with the dean of that department or with the admissions counselor uh, to get more information and to kind of shine, kind of show them who you really are. Uh, number five, ask if the school you're, you are visiting offers any reimbursements for travel expenses. Because that, that's there, you know, especially if you're one of what they would call best applicants. You know, you've got the high test scores. You've got that well roundedness, They're kind of courting you anyways, and they're looking uh, to hopefully get you to come there um, because they really want to, you know, draw from the pool of the, the best students. And so it's a possibility that they're willing to pay your way to come there. Like I said, it happened to us. Uh, number six, make the travel arrangements. You know, again, this is one of the things, because I do travel a lot, it's something that you really want to try to do as soon as you can. I think the the sooner that you wait for that visit, the more expensive the flights may go up So if, if you're doing a, 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 a trip by plane. Uh, number seven, uh, tell your high school teachers so you will be absent during that travel date. And this, of course, applies for those uh, non-homeschoolers. And even if you're homeschooled, if you have – A co-op or an outside class. Make sure that you do inform them. You don't, you want, you don't want to be put down as absent. And in many cases, like I said earlier, it can be excused because they understand that that's the ultimate goal from, from high school on, beyond to get into college. Number eight, if possible, you do want to speak with the dean, the professors, and any important faculty members in your prospective field of study. Most of us have. Some kind of idea of what they're considering studying, and they may change it. But I think if you can actually meet specifically with those that you'll be working directly under and those who will be teaching you, I think you can get a better feel for if this college is going to be the best fit for you and if this is a faculty that you really uh, want to learn from. Number nine, sit in an actual class. And certainly if you're going during the week time, hopefully. More than that, you know more than one class if possible, but this again gives you a feel for the teaching style of a particular professor, uh, gives you a feel for the classroom you know whether it's a small a small classroom, a large amount of students in there, and just the ideal of this is college, you know how how cool is this? what a, what a motivating factor uh, to think about that this is somewhere you could end up being and uh, being able to take advantage of you know an actual classroom. Number number ten. Take a tour of the campus. You know, walk around. As I said earlier, do you feel safe? Does this feel like home to you? Does this feel like someplace that you want to take the next four years of your life and 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 spend here? You know, that sometimes some of the campuses can be very daunting with so many buildings or they're so spread out. Yeah, on the other hand, it could be the fact that there are some that are. Uh, the layout, the way it's set up, something that you don't necessarily like or you do like. So you you can feel that as you're there and as you walk around. Number ten, uh, number eleven, visit the bookstores, the student center, the library, and any building of particular interest to you. Uh, I know the library is so important to so many students. The the not only the way it's laid out, you know where is it in in consideration to all the other rooms, you know, how difficult is it to get to if I if I lived in this dorm, how far away is this? Is it something that I could uh, easily spend my time in and get to from class to class? And just the student center, this is the hangout place. This is where everybody goes and everybody uh, congitates after a class or in between classes. And so I think, you know, so many of them are set up so nicely with, you know, ping pong tables and pool tables and, maybe pinball machines or, or whatever. It could be just a really fun place to go, but it also can have some quiet corners where you can crawl up in a ball and just kind of study without having to necessarily go back to your dorm. And, and you really want to do that. You don't want to get out of your dorm, especially the first few weeks of, of freshman life. That's, that's how you get to know people, and that's really uh, how you can feel more involved with your school and, and your, your um, students that you're uh, in the class with. Number mm-hmm. 12, try to spend the night in a dorm to get, to get the feel of the housing. And I think this is great. I think when you can find that you're basically in a, uh, maybe a 10-by-10 10 10 room with somebody else, and realize that this is really <laughs> what it's like. Yeah. It's not home. My, it's somebody My daughter did a different- that
1: with, with my niece and she's got her own apartment with her own room. And when she had to spend the night, of course there's three of them in the room as I reminded her, but just to, just having somebody in that little room, you know, even this is a really nice university. That was a lot for her. <laughs> so I think that was, just, it, you it, know, it is, for, it is. Yeah. And, and you know, you
2: I think you and I talked about on another um, uh, program, awesome. uh, you know, when we're talking about uh, roommates and stuff, and we said, you know, right. be careful. Your your best friend they may not be the best person to live with, so right. keep keep that in mind. But spending the night also gives you that feel for, you right. know, just what's happening in the dorm. You know, I mean, sometimes college life doesn't start till eleven o'clock at night because everybody's, you know, in class and they're studying all day long. So. Um, It just does help you see the bigger picture if you actually live there and you live on campus. Uh, Number 13, and I I love this one because it's one of those things that a lot of people don't think about, but eat in the cafeteria, at least one meal, you know, uh, see what it's like. I know that the school that my kids went to, they not only had the cafeteria where they had the buffet-style food, but they also had literal chefs with a big white hat right there in the cafeteria. And you could go up and you could actually order some very – uh, customized food, and just kind of get a feel for what, what is being served, and do and you even like that kind of food? Number 14, uh, meet with your admissions counselor face-to-face. You know, after all, this is the person who's helping you through the process. This is the person that you probably have corresponded back and forth via email, on the phone you've spoken with them, but now you actually get to meet them in person, you know, and, and, and don't forget to thank them, you know, uh, for all the hard work on your behalf because they are working on your behalf. You know, they're getting scholarships for you. They're uh, getting the application, making sure everything's done and filled out right. So it's definitely someone you want. That you Another reason why if you visit more on an off-season day that you have that ability to have more one-on-one time with them and more time in general because you don't have a lot of people buying for their attention, Number 15, find time to wander around the campus by yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of times they uh, have – they give tours, and you've got a guide, and someone's walking you through. And I remember doing this with my son, and they're taking you to different parts of the campus, and they're you know, showing you the highlights. And it's not that they're necessarily keeping the bad parts away or the parts that I want you to see. But I think it's important that you – yourself uh, see what all is out there not just not necessarily just so much what's on the tour and number 16 um, talk with students both in and out of your potential department ask them about their experiences and I've got some questions about that in a moment but you know this is these are the people who are living it out every day and you know what most of them are going to be really honest with you you know uh, about you know what they think about the campus and you know it's Certainly the school is going to promote themselves as the place to be, uh, but getting a, a firsthand account from someone who's doing it day in and day out, I think that's really, really important. And number 17, visit the surrounding area of the school to get a feel for the location. We talked about, you know, you know rural areas versus very big city schools, college towns. You know, if, if the nearest uh, restaurant is 30 miles away, you know, is that something that you're going to be okay with? You know, is it something that you, you really need a big town or you need a Walmart close by? What, whatever it is, I think that's important. So mm-hmm. take time to do that. And I think, I think just looking at the big picture and in, even the, the checklist that we talked about before, being able to make a checklist and compare college to college of, you know, this college is this close to this town, but this college is this far away. And I think that also can help you see a bigger picture.
1: Wonderful these are great so we're going to take a really quick break and when we get back we are going to delve into some more um, of this great topic thanks so much Jean. we'll be right back
0: with college prep genius free college can happen to you that's right it's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future imagine getting free tuition room and board free grad school and more based on your SAT score college prep genius is the key to free this award-winning nationally featured program teaches students the logic behind the sat you'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds raise your score as much as 600 points and go to the college of your dreams for free visit collegeprepgenius.com to know more
1: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwith with another episode of collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. And today we're talking about visiting a college and a checklist. And I was, um, uh, my hand's tired from writing down the 17 <laughs> things, but I think they're great. And, Jean, you just are such a wealth of information. Thank you so much. Um, so what's next? We've got our list of 17 things that we want to check into. Now what do we do? Well, we definitely want to talk
2: to our admissions counselor. I think that is so crucial. Uh, We said earlier about the ability to meet with them one-on-one. But one of the things I think I need to caution students is before you actually meet with the counselor and speak with them, make sure you check out that particular school's website first. So many times the information is readily available right there, and you don't want to make a fool of yourself asking something that you could have, you know, very easily found out on your own. So uh, if you've searched the website, you cannot find some answers uh, to some of the following questions, then at, at that point you don't want, you want to ask the, the admissions counselor. So let me give you 18 questions um, to ask the counselor if you have not found this on the, their particular website. Number one, what is the average size of the freshman class? You know, this is this also gives you a good indication of how many students are actually applying, how many are accepted, how many students are going to be basically in my peer group in probably the majority of my classes. Number two, how many of those students return the following year? Uh, One of the comments, the podcast I did before, I talked about how basically, by the end of the freshman year, 25% have dropped out. And by the end of the sophomore year, 50% have dropped out of college. Around a third of all who actually enroll end up graduating. And that's kind of a national average. But by asking the the council this, you might find that this particular school has a less dropout rate than maybe the national average. And that can tell you something in in, and of itself, you know, of the programs that are – Available, the the type of faculty that's there, so that's a really good question. Number three, what makes this college or program special? Certainly, if you have a certain major or degree that you're looking to accomplish, um, and there's probably more than one college obviously that has it. but you know when you're saying, but what why are you different? How, what would make me want to come to your school as opposed to maybe someone another school that has a similar major. Number four, how easy is it to switch majors? I think the statistics are that the majority, over 50% of students, are going to ultimately switch majors, maybe even a couple times. And and knowing that, knowing that you, there's a really good chance that you may do that. You know, you do need, you do need to know that is it a difficult process or is it something that really not that big of a deal and that you know you don't want to get into it and be really stressed that you know it's so hard now that you have to end up sticking with what you started with and you really don't want to number 5 how does this school help students adjust to college life it's a huge adjustment you know going from a home situation whether you're homeschooled or not where you know mom is there to get you up if you if you don't get yourself up and you know the the homesickness that can often occur you know going to school you know are, are they how easy do they help you do they you know have you know, older students there that have not only been through it, but they're willing to mentor you and be there for the freshmen and, you know, say, hey, you know, we've been there and, you know, let me show you how I, I was able to cope with this or get through this. And I think that's really important because its it can be very difficult. It's a huge adjustment being from a very safe environment at home uh, with your family and your loved ones to an environment where probably just about everybody there, you have no idea who they are and what background they're coming from. Uh, number six is there a Greek life you know Is, is there sororities or fraternities at this campus? I, I know for my kids, they were called social groups uh, but are there opportunities to get involved in organizations or clubs to get some camaraderie with some friends and and have a lot of, do a lot of activities and And if it's not important to you, then it really doesn't matter anyways, but it's, to, to some students, it is important. Uh, Number seven, how important is the Greek system on this campus? And what I mean by that is, is it, number one, is it the thing that overrides everything, or is it really just a side thing, uh, one thing that they have? You know, in, in many cases, a lot of people don't join a kind of a Greek life or organization because they're so busy with their other activities or they're more independent. But is the school themselves, how much of an emphasis do they put on the fact that, you know, whether you join a group or not. And sometimes there could be that kind of pressure. So I think that's important. But sometimes some colleges, it's just another thing that is there, another thing to get involved in if you want to. Number eight, what types of organizations are on the campus that a student can be involved with? Uh, You you know, do they partner with some of the outside uh, community service programs, like a big brother, big sister? Do they have work-study programs? Are they... uh, offering uh, field trips or summer internships, things like that. Uh, Number nine, what do the tuition and fees cover? You you would think that it covers everything, but that is not necessarily so. And so I think you really not only need to find that out, you need to get that in writing because you might, you know, whether you have a scholarship or not, you might think that, you know, everything is covered and, and in reality there's, you know, there's, a fee for this and a fee for that. So we just, just make sure you get, get all that down ahead of time. Number 10, what are some of the hidden expenses I need to be aware of? I think some students don't know. I'll give you an example is when it comes to, like, um, lunchroom passes. And so let's suppose you don't have that full scholarship where you get free lunches at every meal. Um, there are there are prices for that you can pay for, like, a lunch meal ticket or a, a card that can be reloaded every month. But a lot of students don't realize that whatever you pay, whether you use them or not, it's going to still charge you. So sometimes you want to be really careful and not necessarily order, you know, a month pass because you're probably not going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all three, you know, in the the cafeteria. You might, you know, do just, you know, just lunch or just dinner. And so uh, those costs can really add up. Number 11, are there work-study jobs available? I, t- I talked about that a moment ago, but a lot of the programs, a lot of colleges uh, will allow you to help with your tuition by doing a work-study program where you can actually work in the library and really you're just kind of sitting there and you're being able to do your studying um, while getting paid for it. So, you know, whether it's the bookstore or, you know, the Newspaper department, whatever it is, I think that's something that you can check into. And, and again, a lot of times you're not necessarily doing a lot of work; you're just kind of there occupying space uh, in, until somebody has a question or somebody wants to check out or buy something. And in the meantime, most of the kids are sitting there at the desk with their books, still studying while working. Uh, number twelve: How is the campus safety guaranteed? You know, we talked about a little bit that earlier, but I think that is so important. You know, do they have a twenty-four hour Security guard that that drives around, walks around. Uh, How many are how many security guards are there? You know, are are there is there a patrol car that's driving around? How much access do we have to uh, asking them for personal help? You know, will you walk me out to my car at night? I know of campuses that do have men that uh, are there specifically just to be there when the young ladies are walking outside. So that's really important, especially the daughter. Number 13, what are some important housing issues I need to be aware of? There's three really three places that you can live on when you're at school, and this is outside of living at home and then commuting. Um, That is, of course, a dorm. Uh, There's a a suite, which tends to have two rooms and maybe a little kitchenette, and then there's the the apartment that very often is right next to or or nearby the, the campus. and you know, when you're talking about housing issues, you know, what, you know, if, let's say you've lived off, you decide to live in an apartment, which I don't recommend as a freshman. I think it really kind of segregates you to where you can't really get involved in, in in, school. So I do recommend a dorm at least the first year, if not, you know, longer. But, you know, are some of the apartments that are off campus, you know, how safe are they? Are there issues with, you know, people breaking in? What about kids walking back and forth to school? You know, are there, are there problems with that? So just you know, ask these things. Uh, number mm-hmm. 14, are, are freshmen allowed to live off campus? I think it depends on the school. That could be a yes or a no. Certainly there are a lot of schools that, you know, you have to, and in some cases I've seen them that where only seniors were allowed to live off campus. Uh, but then there are schools that will let anybody live off campus. So you definitely want to find that out because especially if you're wanting to do that and you get to school and realize that you can only live in a dorm, then that may be a deal breaker for you. Uh, number 15, are freshmen allowed to have a car on campus? You know, you know. again, you would think that, well, it's your car, you can have it. Well, that's not necessarily so, especially, you know, we talk about huge schools. And, you know, I come back to Texas A&M because it's here in my state. My daughter went to grad school there. It's a huge campus. Right now I think they have somewhere around 60,000 students. Um, not only are there not 60,000 cars there, they could not logistically have 60,000 cars. Most students, and especially the younger students and the freshmen, uh, have a bicycle because the campuses are pretty spread out. You, you wouldn't even have time to drive your car from one campus to another, much less look for parking, which could be a nightmare. Uh, so see if cars are even allowed or even if you even want to take a car because it can, in many cases, be a huge hindrance. Uh, number 16, what is the campus parking situation? Kind of leads into what I just said. Uh, not only do you not want to spend an hour driving around looking for a parking spot, you also don't want to get those parking tickets I talked about. Some of the biggest expenses that colleges uh, earn their money on is a parking ticket. And they have people driving around all the time, and that can really add up to a lot of money. Number 17, does the school offer campus-wide tutors? And I think in many colleges, they, they do have uh, tutors that, in many cases, are free, uh, that can help you not only in certain specific courses of study, uh, but specific classes, uh, they're there. And, and, and in a lot of cases, you know, it could be someone, it, it is their work-study program to be a tutor. So they're getting paid by the school to help you because, because you may not have any extra funds to actually uh, spend in that area. But check that out if if that's something you think you may need. And number 18, how big is the average class size? You know, we talked about the average freshman entering, but what about the size in general? If I'm going to go to a math class, am I going to have 20, 25 kids, or are are there going to be 150 kids? What is the average size? Again, going back to the fill for the campus, you know, know, how well do you thrive? Do you like sort of being the – anonymous, kind of nobody really noticing you're there, then you may want, you know, some classes that have, you know, a huge amount of students. Um, but then again, you may be the kind of person that loves to interact with the professor as well as the other students. And so you're looking for, you know, a size a classroom that is manageable and that you can feel comfortable in being yourself and being able to ask questions.
1: Very good. Very good. These are, are great questions, and um, it really does matter because my, my daughter didn't want a big school, but my son does, and he wants to be anonymous. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. So these are all great. Okay, so um, you would ask this of your counselor, or even if you, you're taking a tour, they could probably answer some of these questions as well. So what else do you have for us? Well, I think when you're there, you know, once you're on campus, we do want to talk about
2: some questions to ask some students walking around. And I think students are really uh, eager eager to share their experience. I mean, they're there. They like a little break from studying, so they're willing to probably stop and answer some questions for you. And I think uh, it's good to know what they think. You know, what kind of experience are they having? So I've got 17 questions. Uh, to ask the current students while you're there, but don't be shy. And, and, and if you are someone who maybe is not the extrovert, um, maybe someone that you're with, you know, if you go armed with these questions, you know, have them written up, you know, just to uh, have them ask or maybe even hand them the paper and say, can you just write down what you think about this? But don't be shy. I mean, remember, this is the next four years of your life. You want to know what other people think, and I think instead of, you know, certainly the faculty and, and the staff and the, the college themselves are going to rave about, rave about themselves, but that that goes without saying. Uh, I think students are going to be more honest because they're the ones who are living it day in and day out. So question right. number one, what is the thing that you like best about this college? The, the thing, the one thing. I mean, there may be many things that they like about it, but what's the one thing? What is that one thing that stands out? Or what's that one thing that just clicked with you that stood out above all the other colleges that, that you applied for? Number two, what's the thing you dislike most? And, and I think that's really important because if, if all of a sudden, you know, you get a slew of students giving you kind of the same thing, the same dislike, and it might be the one thing that is your, the deal breaker for you, you need to know mm-hmm. that now. Something that, you, something that the faculty themselves may not tell you, but the students will be readily, easy, uh, readily available to tell you. Uh, And it could be something like, well, the food in the cafeteria is horrible. It is just horrible. And you've had several students say the same thing. Wow. I mean, and you know, you could be in an urban area where you're not anywhere near outside restaurants or something. That's something to know now than to get there and every day be dreading lunch. It it could be the fact that it takes so long to get from one class to another, just the way the campus is laid out. Or whatever. So this is good to know. Number three, why did you choose this school? You know, obviously out of all the schools they applied for, and they may have applied for several, this is the one they settled on. So why, did, why ultimately did you settle on this school? Number four, if you had to do it over again, would you pick this school? Would this have been the one that you ended up saying yes to? And I think, I think students are really going to look back and think, yeah, or, you know, knowing what I know now, no. And I think and that's going to give you a, a good overview of what, what they're thinking. Uh, number five, if I do need help, how accessible are the college professors? You know, even if we're talking about a small school versus a large school or vice versa, you know, regardless, it doesn't matter. If I'm in a large school, you know, I know that there's less interaction because of the size, but are they really down to earth? Are they really willing uh, to meet with me and talk with me, even though it is a huge class, it is a huge school? Number six, how much help does your academic advisor give you? You know, when you go to college, everyone is assigned an advisor that helps them not only get in, but also that's just kind of there as their liaison. You know, do they really help you or, or, or do they li- kind of live in their own world and want to do their own thing and really don't have time for you? Now that they've got you in, you know, it's like, well, okay, you're on your own now. Number seven, what do you like most about your department? Now, the great thing about this question is it, this is the kind of question that you want to ask not only students who are uh, studying in the same field of major that you are, but also other ones. Like you may you may be studying journalism, but somebody's studying a psych- a psychology. And what's great about that is you might find that, wow, I think I might want to try out some psychology classes because this Sounds great. So not only does it help you answer uh, the question about that particular department, but other departments as well. Number eight, do you like the professors? You know, nowadays with the website Rate My Professor, you know, I think, you know, professors themselves as well as students uh, really use that resource not only Mm -hmm. for professors to be on their toes, uh, but for students to really go and look and say, you know, I'm signing up for a class. Do do I really want, you know, that that professor, that person to teach my class? Number nine, are the classes taught mostly by the professor or by teaching assistants? And I think, you know, that's kind of a question of thinking, well, isn't that what we're paying the college for? But, you know, believe it or not, it's not necessarily true. You know, you could have – you know, a class that's a very well known class and a great class, but the professor may be very hands-off. He may be training someone uh, to take over the class. Is he he or she really doing the majority of the teaching, or am I really just getting it from someone else? And I think uh, if you've heard about you know a particular professor and you really want to sit underneath them, then certainly uh, I think it's important to know that. Uh, number ten, how diverse is the student body? And I think this is maybe important for some people and not for others. Um, but I think it's something totally to consider, you know, do we, do you have students who are of different faiths? Do you have students who have different, different ethnicity or those who are from, you know, just all across the United States, you know, some on the East, some on the West, some, some from down South. I mean, you know, is that important to you to meet different uh, people from all walks of life or does it not matter? You know, again, just finding that out can help you kind of hone in on what, what's, you know, important to you. Uh, how is the cafeteria? We kind of touched on that a little bit, but I don't necessarily just mean the food. You know, is it clean? Um, is it set up, conducive to studying if you want to go in there and grab some food and sit down and study as well? Or is it really, really loud? And most people use it just for a social bit and they're talking and, and you know, which, again, very often happens in a, in a cafeteria. Um, but, it depends on what you're looking for. Number twelve. What do you do for fun here? Is it is it you know on campus activities? Is it off campus, you know social clubs? Is it uh, the town nearby? You know in in Washita at Washita where my kids went, you know uh, the big hangout was the Walmart, and that was it. You know the I think there was a, maybe a Sonic in town, but it closed early. And so, you know, is this what you know? F- That may may or may not be your cup of tea. Uh, How how easy is it to make friends here? And we know to make friends, you show yourself friendly. Certainly that's uh, a scripture and certainly something that, you know, we can live by. But sometimes you're in situations where uh, you're on a campus where people are kind of just there just to go to school and be done with it and, 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 and leave. Maybe there's a lot of commuters. And there's not necessarily opportunity to really gain some lasting friendships. Um, on the flip side, it could be a campus where everybody there lives there, lives on campus, uh, and you know they, they're the same both year and they, they don't know anybody either. And it's you know, are they giving you activities where you can actually meet people? And so I think it's important. I, I remember my son in his freshman year; of, he hadn't been on the school very long. Within the first few weeks, I guess it was, and a girl came up to him. There was a freshman off campus kind of activity and a girl came up to my son and she said, Hey, take me to the freshman thing. She was, he was a sophomore. She was a year ahead of Josh. Uh, and he said, okay. Uh, and, uh, her name is uh, Amy Maddox and like her nickname is Mad Dog because of her last name. But, uh, one of my son's best friends to this day. I mean, they went on to become great friends. Uh, both are still single. Uh, they've done mud runs together. You know, they've done mission things together. And, you know, um, I just love that about that she had that personality, and my son was also had the personality to say, okay, sure, hop in my car, let's go. So it, is it easy to make friends? Uh, number 14, how close are the local restaurants and shopping centers? Um, we've touched on that a bit, but be, get, get more specific, you know, not just, oh, it's just down the street. No, really, you know, I know we have Yelp nowadays, which is great. You know, you can almost find that answer out pretty quickly on your own. But um, to some kids just down the street, could be five minutes. To some, it could be a 30-minute drive. I guess it kind of depends on your logistics. You know, being a Texan, you know, you could drive 10 hours and still be in Texas, you know. And for us to drive 30 minutes, it's not that big of a deal. you live in L.A. and you try to get two miles, it could take you 45 minutes just because of the traffic. And so I think what's relevant to one could be irrelevant to someone else. And uh, how is it like living in the dorms? I, I mean, what do you think about that? Is it, is it a, a, a place that you, you're thriving in? Is it a place that you're able to easily meet, meet others? You know? Or is it just cramped? Is it musty smelling? I mean, what, how, what is it like to be actually in a dorm here? Number 16, if I go here... Which dorm should I apply to get in? You know, most campuses have very, a uh, various assortment of dorms and, you know, some, some are mandatory freshman dorms and some actually you can actually choose. So those who've been there, and if you're talking to someone who maybe is a sophomore or even a junior or, or so, they, they have probably lived in more than one dorm. And so you can sort of get it from the horse's mouth right then and there. And then number 17, what is the one thing you wish someone would have told you before you came here? The one thing. And you're asking them, could you please tell me? You know, give give me that inside secret um, so that I am not, you know, a year or two from now saying, I wish I would have known that. But what is the one one piece of advice that now that you've been here for a year or two, you now wish that you had known ahead of time. So, just be in arm with some really great questions as you go in there, as you're as you're already there on campus, and you're able to kind of intermingle with the student body, whether they're, they're a new freshman, whether they're a senior, and, and if you can at all possibility, you'll know, certainly talk to students in different grades, and I think that's going to make a huge difference.
1: Very good, and this gives everybody a big list to to go. And I was thinking, um, as you were saying this, kind of the things that my kids asked um, that were similar types of things. Um, But we did visit the one college when there wasn't anyone there, but we got to meet the security guard, um, who was really nice and actually took us into one of the buildings that was locked. But it was nice to know that there was security there. Okay, so now you have the topic of uh, choosing to apply. So if the, if a student has asked all of these questions, and there's a lot of them, um, what is the next step?
2: Well, after going through all of this, and now that you've considered your options, and you've researched your top schools, and you visited the campuses, now you have a pretty good feel for the types of things that you want out of a college or university, you might have only one that is perfect for you. Uh, I think maybe sometimes students have more than one that they can do well in. Uh, nonetheless, you want to try to apply to five or six of them because your list should include a couple of schools that are pretty sure you can get in. These are your safe schools. Uh, a couple of schools that you may or may not get into, that's your reach schools. And then of course, of course your dream schools, the ones that are more selective in the admissions process. But by having a mixture of these very safe, realistic, and dream schools, it's going to give you security. And it's also going to give you that flexibility and motivation for school choices. So you've been visiting. You've been talking with people. Uh, you know, some of them you could have no problem getting in. And then there's some that, you know what, I probably won't get in this school, but, heck, why not try? Um, I think you don't want to fall into the trap of applying to just one school. Don't, don't put all your eggs into one basket. This, this limits you. Um, you know, the college admissions process is really kind of out of your hands. And you want to keep your, you know, your options open. So the probability of being accepted plus any kind of financial aid packages varies from school to school. So having those multiple options will ensure you that you're not left empty-handed in the spring when it's all of a sudden you start getting your, you know, acceptance letters and all that. So let me give you um, – and programs. Uh, this, this again. When we're talking about majors and and all, a couple of uh, there's there's a couple of websites that actually will list their programs in alphabetical order or even geographical location. So while you're out there and you're you you're looking for these reach and dream schools and safe schools, uh, you don't you don't have time probably or or the resources to go to many many schools. So if you can kind of narrow it down. And spend time, and even, you know, there are actually bus tours that will take a bunch of students. I know I remember this happening with John Brown University. They came down here to Texas a lot, and they would actually, you could take, they would take a busload of kids. So it wasn't like the expense was all on one person to travel, you know, about four or five hours up into Arkansas. So look for that. But let me give you a couple of websites um, that can really help you uh, to find out some, to maybe Hone in more of what you're looking for as far as location and majors, and that is if you will go to um, www. dot u is in the letter U Texas. dot edu forward slash world forward slash univ. That state, even though it says Texas, it will. Sh- you can actually use that site and put in. Uh, this, uh, the listing of states, and it'll show you the different majors and uh, from by, by state. And then the other one is www. dot Edu forward slash capital C capital L capital A, capital S, forward slash American dash universities dot HTML. And these couple websites are really going to help you when it comes to, as we're starting to choose a school, uh, you can start looking at schools either by location geographically or by, by field of major.
1: And so, uh good, good place to start. Okay, hold on. Um, let, let's correct that website. Um, it's claf.ufl.edu forward slash au, and that's the – it's the Index of American Universities that I'm looking at here, Jane. Yes. Okay, good. And we'll have that on the show notes as well, and I'll share Great. that with you in just a little bit. And then um, – the the Texas one. Uh, what was that last? Um, I got u Texas dot edu forward slash world, and then what was that last For, part of it?
2: Forward slash u n i
1: v v as in Victor. Okay.
2: Yes.
1: Okay. Great. Yeah, these websites just change so much. So even as we're I recording know. here. I'm checking them just to make sure. So No, I don't blame you. There, yeah, and if there's any that are not right, um, we will have that on the uh, website because that one also is not coming up. But we'll look for it really quick, and okay. we'll have that on the links at the website. Okay, so um, those are two. Do you have more, more sites?
2: You know, I have sites for specific students who – uh, may need special, uh, you know, assistance or consideration, sure. like well, minorities and, and students who are have disabilities.
1: Okay. So maybe we'll what we'll do is we'll put those on uh, the website, um, so we are not reading all those dot coms and we can just double check. Sure. On that. So that's great. Um, especially if, if children need some type of accommodations um, or have wheelchair access, uh, so I think that that's really important. Of course, to, to check on that.
2: One of the things Very too good. to keep in mind keep in mind is that students that have uh, special needs or disabilities or even diabetes, they actually get priority in registering. So they'll get a they'll get a date before the other students actually register for school for classes
1: wonderful that's great okay so these are really great Jean um, anything else on this um, whether you're deciding to apply or not
2: I think not to get overwhelmed and freak out um, I think chances are that you're going to be happy and you could be happy in a number of places you know, just kind of solidify this idea by thinking about your top school choices. You know, once you, you know, made a listing of about ten colleges and you start to kind of narrow them down, I think that it's kind of like marriage in a sense that I think you could probably be happy with more, you know, if you chose someone else over the person that you married. I, I don't think that, you know, that that was probably the only person that you could be happy with. I mean, you know, it really has to do with ourselves and, you know, who we are and how we, how we relate. And I think the same thing is with um, – and, and, and not to say go out and find somebody else. That's what I am saying. I know. I was going you know, to say know. your husband's not listening. I got to No, yeah, so. but what I, what I mean is I like, <laughs> – I know what you're I,
1: saying. I think, I think
2: the ideal of a soulmate and there's only one person out there for you, and if you don't find them, then get rid of this one and go find the other one, I think that that's kind of a very misleading, worldly kind of term because I think that, mm-hmm. you, you know, you could probably marry several different people. You could have married several different people. And, and still had a great marriage in life is what I mean by that. And I think it's the same thing with college. I think that you, uh, it, it, you make it what, what it's going to be. You know, you're the one who's going to make it the experience. And certainly whether you go to this one or that one, I think, you, could, you know, it could be um, a really great time for you. So don't ever feel like, well, oh, gosh, I made the wrong mistake. Unless it's something that's life-changing, you know, maybe may not be ideal in certain areas. But I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that you make the best of where you're at if you've ultimately chosen to go there. Because there's obviously reasons. There are a lot of reasons that you did pick that college, you know, and mm-hmm. and dwell on those. You know, yeah, you might have liked the other one maybe better in one area, but maybe not in another area. So keep in mind, there's no perfect college. because, And we're not perfect people. There's going to be flaws everywhere. And I think that if we just, you know, uh, zero in on the strengths of where we go and then and just make it a great experience because, you know, you can make a bad experience out of anything.
1: Very good. I think that really helps, and it helps us as we're uh, trying to help our children, you know, figure out what the best options are and just giving them these checklists is a wonderful opportunity. Well, thanks so much, Jean. I really appreciate um, all the work you've put in and thought Um, in in deciding um, on what really good questions there are to ask. And remember to visit Jean at collegeprepgenius.com, and the show notes will be on Visiting a College Checklist, uh, podcast54 at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us today, and be sure to visit iTunes. Um, or Google Play or any of the podcast um, apps that you have and leave uh, Jean Burke a um, great recommendation on there. We'd like five stars. Uh, that would help give her some feedback on how she's doing um, with these podcasts, and uh, we really appreciate that. Thanks so much again, and we'll talk to you
0: soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.